Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Greg, no, I'm going to welcome you back Thanks, because Dave. you have been traveling and you're I always haven't. you're always traveling, but the last trip was um, I'm going to use a a, real, a word you rarely use it was probably epic. It was epic, Dave. <laughs> it was it was two and a half uh, weeks in the Canadian Arctic, going from Inuit community to Inuit community as part of the Governor General of Canada's leadership conference, and it was epic, Dave. But the biggest takeaway for me from this, and some other time I'll, I'll explain what this whole conference is about, was just the finally understanding what the impacts of colonization really were on our first peoples here, and especially with, with the Inuit. Not enough time. In fact, we should have one episode dedicated to this. I've got so much stuff to learn. It was a very sad experience, but also optimistic. Uh, um, and <laughs> uh, every community up there that we went to is dry. So I, I managed to go for two and a half weeks without... You look younger. ...without a glass of wine. <laughs> yes, so I'm, I'm being very vulnerable with you now, Dave. I have decided, with this kickstart of two and a half weeks of being dry, to see how far I can go. I want I want this belly to be totally gone by the All time right. I... Uh, I don't know, by the end of the summer. Is that, do you think I can do this? Uh, yeah, you can... Anything you put your mind to, man. So... The bridge, vulnerability. A segue. I was waiting for segue. it. I uh, heard it. I heard it. <laughs> My friend Corey Blake is uh, somebody I met in Philadelphia at the Social Venture Network conference. Um, Corey's doing a whole whack of cool stuff, uh, including really bringing a highlight focus to vulnerability uh, in the form of game, uh, documentary, uh, keynote speaking, workshopping, what's uh, and things like this. So, Corey, welcome to the boiling point, my friend. Why don't you continue the introduction of you? Because I know it's uh, I'm missing a ton. Sure. First off, thanks so much for the uh, for the intro. And and Greg, I hear that um, you, you know you're, you're in kind of transition back to real life, right? From from some of your travels, which uh, I'm I'm familiar with too. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I in the, in the way of um, of continuing that vulnerability, and as a bit of an intro to, to further. Um, the audience's understanding of me. I, I am. I'm also in a in, in my own transition and kind of back to life. Um, in that, um, my father's been in the hospital for almost three months, which is like in this big life event in our family. And I've been his champion and and really kind of uh, pulled back from a lot of the rest of life while supporting him. At the same time that my wife and I were moving homes, right? So like today, this afternoon, I go travel to Texas to to get back into work. And that trend, like getting back into who my identity within what I do for a living and all of that is like my own transition. So I'm mm. responding and, and right and sharing in that, like what happens when we're away and then when we come back and who are we when we come back. And so just that kind of uh, little bridging piece of my own. And, and thank you for giving me a moment to kind of get settled and share that. Yeah. And, um, and also in, yeah. in a way, I'm sure your inbox is absolutely filled and all these things you need to do, but uh, I'm kind of glad you can take half an hour with us and, and decompress a little bit. This, like this might be a little bit more relaxing than, you know, dealing with all the other stuff that's waiting for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. It is. Um, it's this interesting 
experience to manage the overwhelm, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate the invitation. Um, I guess just to, to, to further just a tiny bit of, of what I'm up to in the world um, for some more context, um, been storytelling for almost two decades, um, originally from the stage and then in the commercial world uh, in Los Angeles, a lot of advertising, the 32nd story, uh, and then eventually starting RTC and working in the book world. And now my fascination has shifted while the company still does all of those other things. My fascination has shifted into organizational stories and and how our cultures evolve um, and how we can expedite the evolution of our cultures uh, in business through the story that is looking to emerge. Um, so there's a lot of core value work and purpose work that I'm kind of intersecting with in that realm, but all in the all under the guise of how do we improve life for the people who give their energy to the work that we do. So this is a touch more about kind of what I'm up to and where my, uh, where my interest lies currently. Yeah. And what, uh, this is Dave here. Um, very nice to meet you, Corey. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and appreciate you, you know, starting with something very real, you know, being your father and I hope, hope he's okay. Um, thank you. I'm curious, like, to know how does how does one get from being a professional actor, and uh, to kind of where you like where you are now, and in, in, in the in the spirit of trying to help organizations evolve culture through storytelling and and um, you know identifying core values that sort of thing. How, like, how does that happen? I mean, it seems like a uh, there's probably a good story within that journey. <laughs> sure, and I I appreciate the invitation to share it. Um, I'm a believer in um, really following the energy and, and for me, Los Angeles and and my move out to acting, uh, I always believed I was meant to do something. I'm going to use the word profound. I like, I felt compelled to do something big in the world. And I think that came from something that my mother instilled in me at a very young age as a young Jewish kid, you know, with a typical Jewish mom, you know, you're, you're special and you're, you're here to do something magnificent. But I found during my time in LA that I, that ultimately I really felt like I was a, a tool for other people. I was a, a crayon in other people's crayon boxes. And so I eventually kind of fell out of enjoying the acting experience um, and started producing and directing and, and fell in love with team building and how do I bring people together to create something far more extraordinary than I could do on my own. And then when I was getting married, I wanted something a bit more reliable, well, a lot more reliable because the acting paycheck, the commercial world, so much of it is not up to me. It's up to what the organization airs or not. And so I was looking for something more reliable and started roundtable companies just really as a writing company, but because of the background in Los Angeles and Hollywood and storytelling in front of the camera, I started attracting these coaches, executive coaches and consultants who wanted my help sharing the hero's journey of the CEOs that they were supporting. And I got masterclass after masterclass. I mean, these books would take about a year to develop each. And we attracted, I don't know, a couple dozen of those folks. So I was learning so much from them, fell in love with what coaching is and and what the possibility is for it. And then we started attracting those CEOs who wanted to hire our company to support them. And so suddenly I'm steeped in business. Well, Fast forward to about 2014, I go to the Conscious Capital CEO Summit, which again, I just followed the energy. One of my clients said, you need to be there. And so I booked my ticket and I went. And 
at the beginning of that event, I kind of had that experience that a lot of people do of who the hell am I to be here? But by the end of it, I really felt like I understood my purpose in that space because I'm so far on the consciousness side and so many other people in that world are really far on the capitalism side and trying to lean into consciousness. And so that awakened me to this responsibility I felt to help my colleagues at that point, these other CEOs, to learn how to bring into their businesses more of what came very inherently to me. So I really say like following that energy throughout and really remaining open to the evolution of my purposes led me here. You know, what's really cool about this, Corey, is um, <clears throat> Dave is a, an amazing executive coach. Uh, in fact, he was my uh, executive coach when I started my business. How long ago, Dave? 10 years ago. Anyway, at, at uh, least yeah. more than that, 12. Uh, 12 years ago. The That's right. It was, probably, it was probably 12 years we're ago. All, we're older than we like, to, <laughs> like but, to let on. But the neat thing is, is the way this podcast goes, Corey, is um, oftentimes we bring in guests who might really have a focus on creative arts and film or social impact, B Corps, et cetera. Then there's another leaning towards executive coaching, you know, uh, stuff that Dave would, would know more about. But you are a perfect guest in a way because you're coming from the film storytelling background and have adapted it over into coaching. And as you were talking, I'm looking over at Dave and I'm putting my finger at both of us. I'm like, we can do this, buddy. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I love it. For guests that maybe wouldn't understand what you mean, and, and even to help us further kind of uh, understand, when you say consciousness, like what 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 is it? What's the definition that you would use? Um, you know, to to help people understand what what you mean. Well, it's such a it's such a juicy question, and I'm probably I don't know that I've fully articulated how to express it in language, but I'll give it a shot here. And um, and it is for me consciousness within business is the alignment between what we propose to be, what we share we are with the world, mm -hmm. and the actual behavior that's lived within the organization. The more conscious an organization is, the more you'll find that kind of alignment between, uh, between language and truth existing throughout it. And, you'll, and, and, it's, and it's very easy to feel that lack of Right. Alignment and what they're proposing to be is nothing close to what you experience when you walk through the doors or have an interaction with their service or product. Where and where, where culture fits in terms of yeah. you know what how you know this is the way we do things here and is it is it exactly but is it how we we're we're describing ourselves to the marketplace? Um, yeah, and, and make no mistake, that stuff is really challenging. And oh and man, totally. So many people think as soon as we get it down on paper, we can check that off and. It's really, I, I have come to find that, that it's a lifestyle. You know, living that way is a lifestyle, and it requires constant intention. To the degree that I encourage companies, you know, to put culture on their P and L, like you got to invest in it regularly. To that degree, nice. Well, that is very well, Greg. You got to Corey would appreciate your story because um, you went through an exercise where you wanted to more clearly articulate kind of your purpose or your vision. Mm -hmm. And the way you wanted to be, and uh, and I think that was a. Are you talking I, about our exchange, you, yeah, 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 and, yeah. When you and, and this and this new definition, <laughs> and then how you wanted to show up, and I think you know it'd be interesting to hear how how Corey would. Um, well, I guess first off, hear that experience, and then also maybe maybe he has some insight yeah. into to, to carrying it forward. Well, I I think I've uh, I've talked to Corey about this a little bit, but back in the day, in the first let's say eight years of the company, Dave. We took whatever we could take for, for, for business. Our hearts were really into creating positive social change, um, but 
you've got mouths to feed. So you take projects that may not align with the values. And I remember time and time again, the employees would come to me and say, can we not do that type of work anymore? And it's not really bad or evil work we were doing. It just wasn't stuff that was in line with our collective vision, right? Or, uh, or as Craig Norris once described to me, it'd be um, he would call it ethically neutral or something like that. Yeah, and maybe even a little bit off offside of that, <laughs> okay. even. Uh, but that's really conflicting when you're when you're a purpose driven entrepreneur. So Corey, Dave, Dave was uh, kind enough to give me a session uh, on, uh, on on visioning, and we threw up all these words on the whiteboard. <clears throat> and Dave was like, tell me, tell me words that, that you care about. And I was like, you know, passion, integrity, uh, peace, love, blah, blah, blah. And he started circling all these words. And I was like, no, no, we can't, we can't use the word peace and love in my corporate vision statement. And Dave was like, you can do whatever the heck you want, <laughs> really, This is, if this is really what it is. So we ended up going through this process, creating a vision statement that is so real to us today, uh, which was, a happy and kind world fueled by passionate storytelling. And that's something that the coach approach really pulled out. And since defining that in a way, Corey, uh, perhaps under the spirit of, of consciousness of really trying to live to the, the vision and the values that our customers see us as, it's been an incredible, enlightening and uh, beautiful journey since. Is that a little bit in alignment of, uh, of, of, your, of your experience? It sounds like it. Yeah. The, the, I guess the question is, you know, by putting out into the world, what you were standing for, how did you see that impact a shift in what you were attracting? That's a very good question, Corey, because, uh, since that point we became a B Corp and because I became a B Corp, I was invited into the world of social venture network, which is where I met you. And from there I was uh, invited to be heavily involved with sustainable brands SoCap, Hatch, these are all incredible networks of people that believe the same thing, that we can make massive positive change by slightly adjusting how capitalism works. And it's, you know, talk about following the energy, you throw that out there and it's like a brand new stream to float down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it. it's, it's a good way of looking at it. Follow the energy. I like that. Yeah. So, so, so yes, I think that's exactly what we're, what we're speaking about. Um, when you boldly declare what it is that you stand for, you give an opportunity for those who are like you to see you and come running towards you and say, where have you been? While you also give an opportunity to people who are not like you to determine that very quickly and actually turn the other direction and not waste either of your time or resources trying to figure out if you're a good match. So for those reasons alone, that's exactly what we're kind of talking about, the, the saving of energy and attracting more of the right kind of work so that you can have the profound impact you're meant to have. My goodness, it changes not only your business, but I mean, your experience of life for you. That's, I love how you put that because I, I was really, um, you know, philosophically it aligns perfectly because you want to invite people and, and an invitation is something they can accept or reject, right? And either is okay because, but let's not just be in, a, in limbo about trying to work together potentially. You know, Greg um, got up on a stage and, and proclaimed this in front of uh, an mm, audience. 600 of, people. Yeah, yeah 600 people of, of, you know, the business community that he resides in. It was very bold. What would you, like, so I just, I mean, it was hugely bold. 
<laughs> I was really impressed because because for someone who was kind of timid about using words and then just said, I'm, I'm owning this, man. This is who I am. Tell us a little bit, like, you know, Corey, like the people that are attracted to working with you and, um, you know, how they show up and, and, and also for listeners, how they would find you and learn more about you and the work, the good work you're doing. Um, well, traditionally, people, um, people tend to find us one of two ways. One is they have an experience with our company, whether that's us at an event or me on stage or an experience through, uh, through a piece of content that's been created on behalf of our company or, or our clients. So experientially is, is the way I love inviting people into the family because if you liked the way that experience felt, you're probably our people. And if you didn't, you're probably not talking to us. Um, alternatively, we do attract people, of course, you know, online who are, who are coming in through a slightly different door, but then they, they land on our website. And, and we've invested quite a bit in our website to ensure that it, that it really gives off the vibe of who we are so that people who are not right for us get very uncomfortable very quickly on our website and go somewhere else. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, and other people are just, you know, they can have an experience coming through our website where, you know, we can track people spending hours with our content and, and then they'll communicate with us and share how moved they are. Right. And then we know, of course, you know, that these are our people. So, um, so that's typically the, the, the way in which um, uh, we do attract people to us. The experiential component is huge and it's a big part of our work in the world with our clients is um, how do we help people to create an experience that lets folks know I'm so on board with this or I'm not. And I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you a quick example that I love that happened uh, because it was so polarizing. I, I was on stage in front of 150 uh, business leaders um, at, in December of 2015. And I told a story about how I had the opportunity to um, cheat on my wife um, at an event and how I was going through loneliness in my marriage and how that opportunity was really profound to me. And while I didn't end up taking it and I had a, you know, I had a really positive ending to it. Um, I'll tell you something, people in the audience, I, I could feel after having given my talk, I could feel people's energy so dramatically. I mean, there were people who came up to me weeping because they're in the middle of, of those, of that kind of issue of trying to figure out loneliness within their marriage. And I had other people who I could, who I had talked to previously to my taking the stage, who now, when I was within 10 feet of them, wouldn't look me in the eye. Wow. They physically turned their bodies away from me. Wow. Right. And this is all really subconscious, amazing stuff. But, you know, you talk about 150 business leaders, statistics say there are plenty of people in the room who are, who are, who are in the middle of infidelity right now. Right. Those people don't want me highlighting <laughs> something they might not be proud of or, right, that they're challenged with. So, the, the, the polarizing experience to me is awesomely valuable because it lets people know in a very short amount of time where they stand with our work and whether or not they want to be kind of in connection or whether they prefer to be <laughs> very far away. So they, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm just, I'm, you know, and I know um, vulnerability is a big part of what you do and, and I'm guessing what you encourage the, the discomfort that comes along with that in your clients, I'm assuming. And, Tell me about the power and vulnerability from your perspective. Well, um, you know, something that I, I like to admit to folks off the bat is that um, when I'm in the midst of a vulnerable experience, I don't find it sexy at all, right? It's, it's a, it can be terrifying and super awesomely uncomfortable to the point of like I can, 
like in a really vulnerable experience, I can, I can feel like my insides are shaking. But I do find that when I am in the presence of vulnerability, of someone else expressing vulnerability, that I get so lit up by their courage. It just is so incredibly moving to me and it's humanizing. And it highlights how we are the same, as opposed to so much of the world that highlights how we are different or so much of my inherent mind chatter that that creates differentiation. You know, I walk into a new conference space and there's a hierarchy going on in my head, right? How are we, you know, who, who am I, who am I further along than who's further along than me? There's all this, this rating game that inherently happens. I think to many of us, I know it happens to me and vulnerability removes that. So when we start getting real with one another and sharing the stories of our humanity, we get to see our similarities and feel connected. And from that place, suddenly trust is enhanced and opportunity flourishes. So the work is, it's a beautiful space I find. Connection to me is where I feel closest to God. And to me, vulnerability is the fastest way to, uh, to that pathway. It's, it's interesting, Corey. This sort of happens in the B Corp community, but really happens in social venture network. And then recently, I was at this uh, Hatch experience in Panama where less and less and less, as we get closer to vulnerable communities, understand this stuff, it's less and less important to bring business cards. <laughs> it's really interesting to see. Like at Social Venture Network, at the first uh, event I went to, I felt so comfortable not having that pressure of passing out business cards because I was like, these people want to get to know each other first, make a relationship. And I was like, this is great because that the other pressure, other gatherings of you know, how you just mentioned a second ago, sizing people up, who's going to help me get further, right? That's a big stress. But if you invite that stress to go away, invite people to be vulnerable in a large group setting, I think really amazing things happen in personal lives, but also for business, you know? Why don't you talk on that just a little bit? Because you've been in the SVN world much longer than I, but uh, that seems to be a philosophy that's uh, that's really deep in the DNA. Um, it's really, I, I love hearing your experience of it. Mine, mine was... Um while, while it was in no means a traditional networking event, which I don't go to because I, I don't have the patience for you, <laughs> uh, as, you can, as you can imagine, I, I experienced SBN a bit differently in that um, the hierarchy was actually, it was really strong for me the first time that I went. And, and in that case, it was the people who had been a part of the community for so long and had such deep relationships. And here I was a newbie. And I so wanted to be like part of the club because I admired the people who were coming together. And so that was my chatter. And, and yet, right. So, so for me, it was about consistency. How do I continue to come back and contribute to the community so that I can be visible and therefore be in connection with these folks that I was admiring. And they are an incredibly loving community. They're such a, uh, <laughs> such a force and a vocal force. And there's also all this political strife within the organization because it's a 30 years old and trying to figure out what is it going to be in its next iteration. So it's a pretty fascinating group to be a part of. Um, the, the vulnerability component, I certainly would agree that that in that space amongst many, um, you can have most any conversation you wander into, you can find that kind of connection. Or I, I found that I could find that kind of connection as long as I was open to it. And that's unusual for a conference space. 
we're, we're totally, we're like at the kind of end of this, or, or, or we have these allotted times, and and as, as always, it feels like an unfinished conversation. For people that want to learn more, like where, where do they find you? How do they get to know you better, uh, you know, and, and, and recognize if they're attracted or or, uh, or or being pushed away from your content, you know, and, and that would be a test. Actually, that's a test I put out to all the listeners. So, what, where yeah. do they where do they start by by uh, just you know kind of learning maybe where they are on that spectrum themselves? Sure. Well, roundtablecompanies.com, dot That's companies with an I E S. Uh, is an easy place to get a glimpse of how we show up in the world, what we do. Certainly, they can you know you can go to Google and you can type in vulnerability is sexy and you'll find a bunch of our stuff and and I would imagine if you're already taking that step, that that, that there's some attraction going on, and, <laughs> and if not, you, you avoid avoid typing that in. Um, one of the, one of the really cool things, Dave, is in his film in his documentary. There's this part where he's at a conference, sitting in a chair, inviting somebody else to sit in the chair, looking at him. With no words, and they just stare at each other. Is, is, is that is that kind of how, how it went, Corey? It's like you want to feel vulnerability. Let's get to know each other with no words. Yeah, the, the last time I did it, I had a half dozen people who sat with me for seven or eight minutes, and one woman who sat with me for thirty minutes. It was very moving. Wow! And just just staring at each other's eyes. Yeah, Incredible. No, no language, staring, crying, uh, laughing. I mean, it was it was something. Incredible. Yeah. So check out the film, folks. Like, yeah, definitely take a look at Vulnerability is Sexy. Uh, look in the video section of Google uh, or just go to the website. Uh, Corey, this has been awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and one little point that we saw in your bio that I have to, uh, you know, on a much more superficial uh, note is, um, is understand you were starred in one of the 50 best Super Bowl commercials of all time. <laughs> Which one? Let me know. Which one? Come on. <laughs> It was the uh, it was the Mountain Dew commercial in the year two thousand. It was a takeoff on Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh right. okay. We, we'll we'll find it and put in the show notes. Done. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> right on, guys. Hey, very Thank cool you so meeting you, Corey. Me. Thanks, honor. thanks, Corey. Take care, man. Cheers. You too. Thanks, both. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Um, yeah, what, yeah, what you could seriously talk to that guy for a while and vul- like that whole the whole topic of vulnerability. Uh, man, I find it so fascinating. You know, um, I think in uh, coaching experiences, people, you know, one of the things we do is we assess someone's readiness and you got to be ready to be vulnerable to some extent, yeah, right? Because, exactly. and, and if you're not, it's, it, you know, it, like people say, well, does coaching work? Well, I, to the extent someone's willing to be vulnerable, I would say it works or doesn't. And including myself, you know, sometimes I'm ready to be more vulnerable than other times, right? As, as a client of coaching. So, so, and, and, you know, the staring stuff, I mean, we, we do this in workshops. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I love the topic, right? Because, and, and it, and, and another thing from, I'm learning is it just takes uh, an immense amount of confidence for someone to be vulnerable as Corey's being and, and, you know, starting by saying, hey, here's what's going on with my father and, and, and my own personal journey. Uh, to being authentic or, 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 you know, being as close to authentic as I can be at all times, because, you know, you, you know, you can ebb and flow, the more confident I felt about being just vulnerable myself, I just mm. feel like I'm more authentic. And, and I've got some, just some, you know, amazing experience based on just being vulnerable. Well, it, it's, it, it is a great topic, um, especially in business, because we are taught that, that there's no, there's really no place for vulnerability in business. 
when there really is. Um, in fact, that would be the polarizing thing that would make people go, I want to work with Greg Hemmings. He sat in front of 600 people, expressed a, a vision statement, you know, and a kind of a purpose that, that he was uncomfortable with. And I mean, people recognize that and they are attracted to that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, or the right and, people. And, and the funny thing is, I, I, would, I would probably argue that the majority of people appreciate vulnerability, but also the majority of people don't know how to be vulnerable or won't allow themselves to be vulnerable. So that will be our takeaway, Dave. Uh, let's let's go back to real life after the, the podcast booth and try to be as vulnerable as possible. All right. I'm in. I can't, I can't wait to hear about it next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. See you, buddy. Take care. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.